ever have a conversation with your girlfriend that was so good you wish it had been recorded? Think those conversations would be great to be able to share? Wondering if there's support or research for the recommendations your smart girlfriends give about mental, spiritual, and physical health? This podcast is born to answer those kinds of questions. Hello, I'm Sherry Coleman-Collins, registered What am I? Oh, registered dietitian nutritionist, and here with me in the studio is my girlfriend, Dee Wilson. We're excited to have you joining us for this edition of the Southern Fried Girlfriends podcast. Dee, how are you today? I am doing awesome, Sherry. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. A little tongue-tied and tripping over my words, evidently. But... It's fine. It happens. You're human. I am. I am. Everything's good, though. I'm, I'm, I'm doing good. I'm feeling like we're starting to get a rhythm in our life, which is awesome because it feels like, you know... The summer was loosey-goosey and then coming back, coming into school, like starting school because my kids started real school for the first time this fall and just like getting into the rhythm of things. So I feel like we're starting already to get a rhythm. It's So you say loosey-goosey. I don't know that I would ever use that <laughs> term to describe anything that you've done. What? So <laughs> what? I kind of picture you as the type so of person funny. that still has a schedule during the summer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, yes, yes. I am a very routine-oriented person. I'm a, I'm a pretty structured person. I think for me... So you schedule the loosey-goosey? Is that I, how <laughs> No, I mean, like, okay, so instead of having, like, my life scheduled in 15-minute increments, I have my life scheduled in hour increments or two-hour blocks. Oh, <laughs> in okay. the summer, it's like, you know, I know I'm going to have a certain to-do list for the day, but it's a short list, and if I don't get it done today, I'll get it done tomorrow, and so there's a lot more flexibility in the summer, but then in the, in the you know, in the fall when school starts, it's like, I'm not just managing my time anymore, now I'm managing somebody else's time, so I got to get my kid up and dressed and fed and out the door to school on time at a specific time, mm. whereas in the past, it was kind of like, you know, it's like we got some flex time, 15, 30 minutes of whatever time, but we don't have that anymore, you know, once yeah. he started school, it was like, okay, boom, now we have to be on task, and I think for me, um, I, 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 you know, my son going to school is a little bittersweet, right? So it's like, oh, you know, oh, we don't have that time anymore of him being home and our flexible time in the morning and we have less time together. So that's kind of the sad side of it. But then the really good side of it is that, man, I have two whole days more of just like time to do stuff professionally mm -hmm. and personally pursue passions that I just didn't have time for before. So that's a really exciting. But in order to take advantage of that time, I have to be scheduled, yeah. right? Because otherwise the day's gone and all I did was flip through Facebook all day long <laughs> or Instagram all day long. <laughs> Again, I don't, I don't see that as accurate with you, but I mean, I'm going to let you live if that's what you're saying. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not quite as, I don't always have it as together as you seem to think I do, okay. but that's okay. I'm, I'm excited that I'm, I'm at least faking it somewhere well. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I am really excited about today's show, D. I think this is going to be so fun. So, um, 
we have a great guest, and the topic is one that I just love to talk about. Uh, I am a very visual person. Are you a very visual person, Dee? I am. Yeah. I love looking at beautiful things. Me too. And I love pictures and photographs. And so, with us today, I want to welcome our guest, Paige. Welcome, Paige. Hi. <laughs> so, Paige Brigman is a photographer and mom of three kiddos, 13, 11, and 8. She's also a martial artist and certified taekwondo instructor. She's always been athletic and played soccer in college and she really values health um, as one of her important uh, one of the important things in her life and she enjoys making others feel good about themselves through photography which I can I can attest to and also interpersonal relationships and encouragement in areas of health through taekwondo and other fitness outlets and she's an optimist and an encourager and I know Paige because she has been taking pictures of my family for five years that's amazing I've been that long. Been since Gavin was a baby. Yeah, since mm-hmm. he was a year old. She did his one-year pictures. And I don't even know how I found you. Did we have it a mutual friend? It was a mutual friend? friend. Okay, okay. And so, um, so yeah, so she took our one-year picture, one-year pictures with our son, and they were so beautiful. And um, I, and then, and I loved working with you. And because you did a really great job of making us feel comfortable and having fun, and you have a great personality for kids, so it's not a surprise to me that you had three kids. When I learned that you had three kids, I was like, okay, yeah, she's a mama. I can tell. Yes. <laughs> she's got that gentleness, and and just really, you're just really great with kids. So, well, thank you. You're welcome. I love that. And for me, um, you know, the the my love of photography and and appreciation for photographs really stems from the fact that my mom was a photographer when I was growing up. So she worked for that infamous, you know, 1980s pivotal (laughs) company or premier company who did photography everywhere, Ola Mills. Everybody knows Ola Mills, right? Absolutely. (laughs) You say Ola Mills and I think that like picture in picture, the one where you're looking straight at the camera and then there's like the halo effect over here with you looking into the middle distance. Oh, yeah. Or you're Love. sitting in the wicker chair. <laughs> yes. yes. Everybody yes. has the wicker chair. <laughs> yes, I have it. I was five. I was just about to say, yeah, like a toddler. Six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe we need to bring it back. Yeah, I love it. I think if you're a certain age, and we are, um, you you all, you have that Olin Mills experience. And so my mom Olin was- Olin Mills or Glamour Shots, one of the other. Oh, I have both, yeah. <laughs> my mom um, was actually a photographer, and she won uh, Photographer of the Year for oh, Olin wow. Mills one time. Oh, wow. Yeah, so she was really- innovative and um you know we did all kinds of fun pictures with friends and family and with my cat oh <laughs> like, you took your cat to the studio oh yeah 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 <laughs> yeah for a while they did pictures with animals so it was fun and I and I appreciate so much now being able to look back at those pictures and see kind of you know my own evolution and I have a few pictures of my mom that were professionally done that she had taken there and of my grandparents so um I don't have a ton of pictures of my mom though I just have a handful of those you know professional pictures for the most part most of what I have are are candids and I don't even have all that many of those because she was always behind the camera always the story yes so I think you know for me the impetus for this show is really thinking about um how as moms and women so often we're behind the scenes but someday 
we're going to be gone. And what are our kids going to have to remember? Certainly they'll have memories. They're going to have memories. But I love the pictures of my mom when she was young. And, you know, just not that I don't love pictures of her now, <laughs> but it's so fun to look back and sort of live in the moment that those photographs capture. See the young woman she was yes. to see where she is now. Yeah. So as a photographer, tell me a little bit about what you do and why you became a photographer. And yeah, tell us that. Well, I always was interested in photographs. I'd go to my grandparents' house and they always had the albums and the albums stacked up on the coffee table. And I'd, you know, go through photo by photo every time I went to their house and they would be pictures of my grandpa and his old outfit sitting on the fancy car. <laughs> and I'm like, how is this even him? He's like 10 years old and he's sitting on somebody in his house had some fancy car and he's down there. And I, I just loved, they're all black and whites. And I was just amazed at seeing the history and seeing what he looked like as a little boy. And then, you know, fast forward to college, actually in high school, I started taking um, photography classes where you got to learn how to develop in a dark room and hands-on. And I loved being able to, to take a photo hand process it in the dark room and see it like virtually open up and grow as an image that I took while you're going through the process, um, in the dark room. And I had so much fun with that. Um, but going into college, I never thought this is going to be a career for me. I just love doing it. So I took classes in college as an elective and I ended up getting my undergrad in psychology but nobody told me I needed to get a master's degree in psychology to make <laughs> a fantastic amount of money. So I ended up um, not doing that. Um, but then I started taking photos of my kids' friends and just for fun. And then they started seeing them and their friends started seeing and I'm like, well, well, can I pay you to do this? And I was like, cha-ching, yay. <laughs> of I can get paid. You want to pay me to do something I love to do? That's awesome. <laughs> So I started doing that and then I started having kids and I loved taking photos of my kids and I loved being able to see how they grew. Um, and I never thought I could do anything but that. And then I started doing wedding photography and I started doing um, photography for seniors. And then my kids started doing sports and I love like I loved every aspect of whatever I could do with photography. I say I have a little photography ADD because anytime I see something that somebody else is doing, I'm like, I want to learn how to do that. I really want to do that. So <laughs> I need to focus a little bit um, sometimes, but I just, I want to learn it all. I want to learn how to do all of it. Yeah. So, and the kids love seeing it and they love being able to see photos of themselves. And that's one of their favorite things. Um, we get a service where we get photos in the mail by this little, it's called Groove Book. Oh. And, it's in, and it's inexpensive, but um, you get like a, you can load up your photos even off of your phone and they get it every month and they go through and look through all the photos. And it's one of the favorite, their favorite things to get and see in the mail. Cause I'm getting it off of Facebook, off of digital and in some sort of print. Uh -huh. Um, and I think that's also so important because people want these photos and they want quantities, but they always stay on their computer or stay on their external hard drive. And it's like a lost art of printing photos. And if the photos aren't printed and they're lost in space somewhere, where are they going to be one day? It, what if your computer crashes? What if your hard drive gets broken? And it happens. I yeah. have hard drives that have broken with client photos on them. Thankfully, they were like triply backed up. But if I hadn't had that, then they would be gone forever. Yeah. So I, I even your cloud backups, like if you yeah. forget, you've changed the credit card number and something happens, you don't get the email, you could lose your cloud backups too. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm definitely guilty of that, of not having mine backed up well enough, and I need to pull off and print. I actually, um, it's funny because we have had, in the last few months, we've had a lot of significant things happen, and, you know, my son's birthday and first day of school and all those things, and I actually, and we also had a family vacation um, with my extended family, and we, I went ahead and I, I right away once the last of those big events happened within a couple of weeks, I printed off a bunch of pictures, oh, wow. a whole bunch of them, like five copies of everything and packaged them up and I'm sending them off to my in-laws and to my parents. Aww. And so they have printed pictures Tangible. Of, yeah, of our experiences together as a family. Um, you know, they're all on social media. They see those pictures. They've seen them already, but now they're going to have them in their hot little hands to do whatever they want to do with them. And they might, maybe they'll keep them or maybe they won't keep them or, but they have them, you know, to me, it's like capturing those moments, um, for the future so that as oh, yeah. we look, cause I know now, you know, my son's six and that seems strange to say, because I remember the day I brought him home, like you do, you know, as all moms feel yes. that way, right? I remember the day I brought him home like it was yesterday, but here we are six years later, it happened so fast. And to me, the, the, the value of photographs is being able to hold those moments again for just a moment. You know, I have moments, I have, I have a uh, photography of the, of childbirth, not like gruesome pictures. Some people are okay <laughs> right. with that. I'm not, I don't want that picture, but, but I have pictures of me in labor, you know, th that are powerful pictures for me to go back to. When you forget to see, you weren't there seeing yourself right. and then you see it and you're like, that was so empowering. I get yes. to see what I actually just did. Yes. And it does take you right into that moment. Yes. Yeah. That to me is the power of photography. And I think, you know, we're all kind of, uh, we carry around our smartphones in our pockets and we take pictures all the time on our, on our phones, but it's not the same to me as having a photographer doing the hard work, mm. the hard work, I say the hard work, but capturing those moments. So one of the things that I appreciate so much about what you do, Paige, is you really have a knack for capturing personality mm -hmm. in the photograph. You know, can you talk a little bit about how you do that? Cause I don't really, I can't do that. I don't seem to do that. Like you do. I think the hardest thing is, especially, I mean, it depends on what age the kid is. If you're doing family photos and you have kids of varying ages, they respond or don't respond or are willing participants <laughs> or not willing. So willing participants. Sometimes we may have some willing and not so willing parents as well. But, <laughs> um, a lot of times I think like even the last photo session that we did, like one of my favorite photos of that whole thing you posted the other day and it's of the three of you guys just cheersing your ice cream and yeah. Gavin had like the real smile not the hey I'm gonna smile and it's yes. not real smile <laughs> face that all of our kids do but just taking a step back and creating a moment that they can create their own moments yes. with you or yes. I think there's one where you and Gavin were sitting down and I, I always do it where it's gonna be posed and then I kind of let you have your little moment with him and then he does his own thing, like wraps his arm around your neck or kind of whispers in your ear. And it's not, I'm not telling him, I'm not directing him. He just does it on his own. And right. they end up, I feel like all of us, when we have a camera on our face, it's, it's kind of intimidating. I mean, you know, we... I'm self-conscious of things too. And, but, you know, your kids don't ever look at you and say, oh man, look at mommy 
uh, I'm going to bring up her flaw. No, they just look and say, oh, I love her. Or, yeah, they're not just, thinking, oh, wow, she needs an eye cream. No. <laughs> they're not doing that. Never. No. And we get, I think as mothers specifically, we are very um, insecure and we in in different aspects. And we, we want to be perfect in a certain way for our children. And there's a lot of standards that we see that are out there that are not attainable. And sometimes just being yourself is, is the best as the best version of yourself is exactly what your kid wants. I mean, they don't need all of that other stuff. And when we're not here, we're gone. They're going to want those photos of their mother and their father. And they're not going to look at all the things that we were too worried to show and step Mm -hmm. out from behind the camera and actually get in the photos. So, yeah, they don't, they don't care about the cellulite. No, they don't care about the poor lighting or whatever it is. Not that you've ever taken a picture of me in poor (laughs) lighting, but they're not, they're not worried about the details and the flaws. They're just, they just want to, it's just like for you and me, you know, it's just like that, that moment I was talking about being able to hold again in my hand. They're going to want to hold that moment again in their hand. You know, I, I know like for me, my maternal grandmother and my paternal grandmother, mother too, but my, my maternal grandmother in particular, I have so few pictures of her and, um, she's just such a dear person in my heart. And I'm sad that I don't have more, more pictures to be able to go back and hold those moments. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean that I don't still remember, but, but I think our memories become fuzzy, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, sometimes more quickly than we want to admit. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And I, and you know, I know her face, like it's etched in my heart, but to be able to see the picture, I can see the picture and hear her laugh. You know what I mean? And I think for our children, I think we should give them the same gift so that someday, you know, they'll be able to go back to that. And everything, everything smartphone wise, everything's instant gratification. We take the photo, oh, it's yes. there. And, and, you know, we do it so often, so frequently. I see, you know, these senior girls and students that I, I have as clients and I see like they are posting stuff constantly about their life, about what they're doing during the day, all these selfies. But as soon as you take it, unless you find a way to print that off, it's gone. So all of those are just stuck somewhere mm-hmm. instead of being able to those moments, even with their friends, you know, they're going to look back. This is their last year in high school and these are their best friends and they're having these moments, you know, print that out, print it out, find a way to print it out and keep it. And you'll look back for the rest of your life and cherish all of those moments with all mm-hmm. of those people. Yeah. So I think that's, that's a, thing that people should focus on is, is trying to get away from the instant and just try to make the memories more permanent, permanent, um, by printing. Mm-hmm. And what do you think, do you think that people value more or less, uh, paying for the services of photography now? How do you think that, I guess the better question is how do you think that having our phones and our, you know, our, our cameras in our pocket all the time has affected the value of professional photography? I think there is a bit of a discrepancy because people love photos, but there are certain people that love the idea of photography and the art behind it and the value. They don't put a price tag on it. That That's the most important thing. If my house is on fire, I'm grabbing my kids and I'm grabbing my photos. Mm-hmm. And I think now that everybody has a smartphone, they think, well, I can do this just as good. Let me just slap a filter on it. And I end up, honestly, my frustration with that is too, I I see people over editing, you know, Mm. some people don't even look like themselves. (laughs) Uh, They look like they've got a smear of Vaseline on it because they've like 
clean their face so good. They don't have any pores or anything. And we all like to look our best, but when you're unrecognizable, I look like a real person. Reality. Yeah. Um, and part of that too, I do believe, do believe delivers a unrealistic expectation of, of beauty and what it should be even to like our young girls. Cause they see this like idea of perfection and they don't, it's not attainable because people mm. don't actually look like that. Mm. But back to the the cost thing, I, I do think there's been a difference. I do find people wanting more, more photos for less money, mm. but I know that they're not printing them off and I know that they're just keeping them on their desktop. And it's, it's kind of frustrating to me because I want, if I'm taking photos of you, my job, I, I want you to feel emotional about them. I want you to cry. I mean, I've done, um, generation photos, um, mother, daughter, grandmother, great grandmother. And you know, they've looked at it and maybe they don't feel their best in the photo just because they're maybe insecure, but they're like, that photo right there is the most important thing to me. Those are all, you know, all four generations. You, you can't put a price on it. So that's what I love. That's what draws me to photography or, you know, you seeing your, your six-year-old big boy that's going to big boy school Mm. is it's emotional. And, um, I, I do think that the smartphones have had a negative effect on it. And, and people think that they can do what professional photographers do and they really can't. Yeah. They can't. I think it's had the opposite effect on me because I recognize <laughs> like my pictures don't look <laughs> anything like yeah. what my professional photography friends are able to do. Yeah. So it makes me more likely to yeah. hire a photographer because I want that beautiful picture. Mm-hmm. I want yeah. that, you know, I think about the pictures that I have of my boys when they played little league oh, and yeah. like the photographers that did the action, I bought all those yes. pictures. Give me all of the photos. <laughs> all of them because yeah. they were just so beautifully done. And yeah. it's like that you can see the intensity in their little faces and they're like four years old. It's so Aww. cute. You know, so I think for some of us, though, it's made yeah. us more likely. Yeah. So you might be in that group of people that is just like, I love all of the photos. Give me all the My memories. kid's out in left field picking flowers, but I don't care. I want it. He's the cutest. Oh, yeah, one. that was that was my kid. The game's <laughs> yeah. going on. He's looking at the train. Yeah. <laughs> That's yes. so funny. Wait, let's, um, I want to talk a little bit more about what you said about, uh, standards of beauty and sort mm-hmm. of how that is influenced by pictures and photography and images. Um, I think definitely the filters and the editing apps and all of that are, and I think, you know, influencers on social media are so much a part of this issue Oh, definitely. for, for girls and for boys and for women and for men, but certainly for, I think women, in my opinion, at least that's what I see more is, you know, women and girls who are measuring their own, you know, beauty by, yeah, by the standards set by these influencers. And sometimes the influencer is the girl next door. And sometimes it's somebody who lives in another country, but almost always it's somebody who's using these tools on, um, you know, pictures that they're taking of themselves or that other people are taking of them. And how do you feel about that as a photographer? And a mom. And I mean, a you've mom. got a daughter. I mean, it's honestly, it, it's very upsetting to me. I posted, I don't know if you saw the other day, I posted on my Instagram story, I posted a picture. I did have makeup on, oh, but I, I posted it. a picture yeah. of myself. No filter. It was no filter. I You're literally had just put makeup on and I have 
you know, my lash lines on my forehead and around my cheeks. And I have a little bit of under eye discoloration and it's I had a character. blemish. <laughs> right. And I, I mean, I understand, you know, we see celebrities and, but they have people that are, they're paying tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars to upkeep them, to make them look the best version of themselves. But I mean, I can't afford that. And I know that most people can't afford that. And it's an unrealistic expectation. So I feel like people are using the filters and, you know, you can do, get rid of your under eye bags. You can get rid of your crow's feet. You can get rid of your laugh lines. You can make your jawline more narrow, <laughs> all with the click of a button. And it's, it's not real. Yeah. And I think people think that they have to look like what the celebrities look like. So they're mimicking them with these photos. And I think the girls, I see a lot of girls, um, that seem like they're trying to look so much older than themselves. 13 year old girls that are putting on the fake eyelashes. And I'm like, you're 13. Why, why do you feel the need? And that you're you going need to, to science class, yes. girl, you don't need all that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like, you know, them seeing and scrolling Instagram or whoever they're, they're following, they see these people and they want to be like them. They want to emulate them. So, um, if they're doing the eyelashes, then when they're posting on their iPhones, their or whatever phones they're using, their smartphones, they're filtering out any, any little thing, or they're narrowing their face or making certain parts of their body larger that maybe aren't And it. It's, it's, I feel like it's a, it's going to be a huge negative effect to these girls because that's not, they're seeing these other girls as an example and there's no way in the real world that they can live up to that. Yeah. So they think that's okay. And I think, I don't think boys have as big of an influence. I mean, with the, like the filter part of it, I mean, there may be some other thing, but I, I see my daughter and I always talk to her. The biggest thing I say to her, she's seven going or eight. She's eight now. I'm like, you know, you're beautiful on the outside, but where are you most beautiful? What matters? Yeah. And she was like, my heart and my mind. I'm like, that's exactly what matters. You can be just, the most beautiful heart and the beautiful mind. And that that's what's going to emulate the rest of the beauty everywhere else. You don't mm -hmm. need to have this fake everything on your face, on your skin. Mm -hmm. um, be that example. Don't be this unrealistic beauty standard. Yeah. Because that's you. And if somebody yeah. doesn't love you for exactly what you look like, then they don't love you. Yeah. For you. I think, you know, it's, it's interesting to me, sort of the, the, the differences in how this, this issue are affecting girls and, and boys. Right. So for women and for girls, it's, I need to look like this image in order to be valuable in order to be beautiful. I need to look like this, but I think then conversely for boys, certainly they may measure themselves. But I think the other thing is they may have expectations yes. of what a girl or a woman are supposed to look yes, like absolutely. that are not realistic either, because what they see on these images is this filtered version. And they, especially younger boys, um, may not realize that this is, this is a doctored up version of this person. Mm -hmm. They don't really look like that in real life. They don't look like that in real life. And so you're not going to find a girl who's going to look like that in real life. Cause they don't look like that. In, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like these images. It's funny because as, as I was talking about that, I'm thinking about dating apps, right? So the dating apps where people get to post their own pictures and they're posting these, you know, very heavily doctored pictures. Mm -hmm. And then if you meet somebody in real life, like, that's you. <laughs> yeah. It's like, is that who, what, what, <laughs> when was this picture actually? 
actually yeah. taken. Yeah. As yeah. you're saying that, I was just thinking about something. So I have a 24-year-old and a 17-year-old. And my 17-year-old during our California trip asked me why I don't do my edges. And when he means edges, it's, you know, I wear my hair pulled back, but a lot of women on Instagram who wear weave, they'll have like these brushed edges uh-huh. that they sit with a toothbrush and gel and baby like, hairs, baby hairs, and just mm-hmm. make them all beautiful. And he's like, you know, your hair would look really nice if you did your edges. And I was like, my edges are done as they're gonna get. Like, this, this is this is real edges. This is I'm not spending 15 yeah. minutes in the mirror. Yeah. For why? Yeah. And it just made me think about that when you're like. They have the boys have this yeah. expectation that women and girls are supposed to look this way. Right. No. Right. Well, and the right. other part too, which I don't know, um, I have a lot of people that I follow on Instagram that are in the senior, meaning senior high school age group, and I, I like to follow the girls that are at the high schools around us. I have clientele through there, and one thing I have noticed too, not not even regarding like facial changes with filters, but even posting older versions of the their posing with, you know, scantily cladly dressed. By older, do you mean more mature? Yes. Mean, uh-huh. um, and they're 16, 17, 18-year-old eight girls, and they're doing this for likes on mm-hmm. their Instagram page. And I noticed the ones that have the most likes, and I'm saying like 5,000 likes. They're wow. high school students, and they have all these likes, but a lot of them – are dressed much older than they need to be. And that's the other thing with the iPhone is they're, they're doing these and they're posing these ways. And I feel like it, they're getting negative attention from it because they're, they're just wanting people. To, and when I was in high school, I didn't know 5,000 people. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't know, know 5,000 5, people, people now. now. <laughs> but it, it just makes me worry is like what the attention they're trying to get. Um, and who they're trying to get it from yeah. all through. It just, it makes me sad because they're beautiful girls and they don't need to have all of that out there to, to be regarded and feeling like they're worthy of whatever. Right. Yeah. And I think that, you know, it's, I think that that can very easily go into a, what is the next thing? How do we need to level up? Mm-hmm. You know, what needs to happen next? What does she need to show or do that, next? That's yes. exactly yes. where that's that so leads scary. to. Yeah. Um, I, I think this is a YouTuber that I follow and she was a, she's a fitness YouTuber and she was talking about, if you look at the difference in the likes that someone like she gets just from standing and posing versus another fitness influencer who's basically all you're seeing is her backside and she's mm-hmm. posing. I mean, it's like exponentially more yeah. likes and that's the level up, Yeah, you know, first yeah. it's a turn to the side and then it's a turn to the back and then it's a bend over, you know, Yeah. where does it yeah. end? Yeah. Yeah. It makes me sad. It makes me sad too. And I think, you know, so some of this is again, and we've talked about this, I think with Tracy, when we talked with mm-hmm. Tracy about this, we have a friend who's a psychologist and she came on with us and we talked a little bit about this un, un, uh, unrealistic expectations for girls and women, especially, and that's most of our audience. So I think it's easier for us to kind of talk about that. But I think, um, I think that as moms and as parents, we have an opportunity and we have a, um, I think a responsibility to be involved in those spaces and see what our kids are posting. Oh, absolutely. And I know that, you know, 
kids will create Finstagrams and they'll create fake accounts in order to, to sort of try to get around that. But you know, we have to be savvy. We have to be looking. And I can't tell you, I mean, I can tell you my sister blocked me on a couple of accounts because I was like, Hey, you know, when she was younger, I was like, Hey, what What do you, yeah. And I would call her out like in public, like, Hey, this is not, this is, don't do that. You know, (laughs) I love you. And she didn't do anything that I know of that was super bad, but there were, but I was worried. I was like, you know, you're beautiful. Don't do that. Don't, don't post that. Don't say that, you know? And, um, you know, to a certain extent, I'm sure that I embarrassed her or I made her mad at me. And, um, obviously cause she blocked me, but you know what? I hope it made her think like, you know, twice about what she's posting. Right. Exactly. You deserve better than that. You're more valuable than that. So I think, you know, photography is a tricky thing because it's, it's all of imaging and it's images. And I think, you know, there, there are two kinds of photography, right? So there's the, maybe more than two kinds, but there's for the purpose of this conversation, there's the, the real images that's like our life that we want to capture and hold Mm -hmm. on to and share for future generations and for ourselves in the future. And then there's like artistic photography, right? And there is a certain amount of latitude, I think, for artistic type photography that's, images of real people that are manipulated. And I see sometimes like I follow this photographer out of uh, Maryland who does these beautiful images of her daughters and they look like fairies. Oh, cool. And the, and the backgrounds are all uh, magical looking and sort of um, soft, very soft. And the, and the girls are dressed in these beautiful dresses and they look like, princesses enchanted it is yes it's so magic looking but her her children still look like children and they still look the same children in the face I think I don't know I don't know her from Adam they might not look like that but I think they look (laughs) like that but so I think that those are different right and those are like special pictures that you do for special things um the problem is I think sometimes for some people, all of the pictures look magic. All of them. Yeah. And in real life, we look in the mirror and not, we don't look like magic anymore, no. right? We look yeah, like- I've been uh, guilty of forgetting that on my selfie camera that I have the beauty filter turned oh, on yeah. and wondering, okay, why well, don't look like the same person when I take a picture <laughs> using your phone? Oh, yeah, I've got the beauty filter on. Yeah, yeah. I do love the portrait portrait feature on my iPhone. No, the portrait <laughs> one's amazing. It's nice. It is really cool. But you still yeah. look like you. You don't, yeah. it's not shrinking so. your face and your yeah. cheeks in and getting yeah. rid of every single possible blemish. That would be impossible. Just a little blur. Just mm-hmm. a little yeah. Blur. Soft focus right here. A little soft focus. Yeah. Well, I, I, I do still love the whole, um, I love photography. I love photographs. I think that people should pay to have somebody take professional pictures of them periodically. We do it every year, um, sometimes more than once a year, but usually at least once a year. And um, yeah, I mean, I think there's something really, really special about that. So it is. Yeah. And so you have three kids. Yes, ma'am. And I think that I'm going to title this something along the lines of our interview with kick-ass photographer Paige Brigman. I'll take that. (laughs) Because... You are a martial artist, as I mentioned yes. in the beginning. So can you tell us a little bit about that journey? So I never in a million years ever thought I would be a martial artist. <laughs> I feel like that ship had sailed. I thought that was something that little kids start doing. I didn't, I mean, I always saw adults doing them, but they were always instructing. So I had our um, middle son, Maddox, he was six at the time. And he started taking martial arts up in Woodstock where we go at Bowen's Tiger Rock. And 
he started doing like the little cubs class and they were so cute and they'd go in there and like yeah and like kick boards <laughs> and they just looked adorable i mean all little kids look adorable doing sports and then our oldest son jj started doing it and you know the instructors there who are now some of my best friends um they always joke around when are we going to see you on the mat when are we going to see i'm like i'm going to get killed if i go on the mat <laughs> i mean i saw the black belts out there and i was intimidated and then one day i'm like you know what i'm like i'm going to be 40 in a couple of years why not just do it why and not yes yeah. <laughs> why not you know what's the worst that could happen so my husband and i decided that we were going to start taking taekwondo with our kids and my daughter at this time also ended up joining. So the five of us were doing Taekwondo at the same time. So my husband and I started doing it. And what I think is amazing is I think you get to a certain point in your life and, you're, and I think we get stuck in the perspective sometimes, well, why am I going to try something new? Like we tell ourselves we're not going to be able to do it before we even try it. Yeah. And I think that in itself is the biggest mistake you can make because you can learn and do so much more than you even think you can. Mm -hmm. So I started along my journey and I was intimidated, but everybody there, that's the thing about martial arts is I didn't know anything about it going into it, but the higher ranks are the ones that are always encouraging you. They are helping the lower belt ranks out all the time, telling you what you can improve on, um, giving you high fives. And even if you feel like you're failing, you know, there's a thing that we say there. If you lose, like if you lose, lose, then you put your hands together and it makes a W, which means you're winning. So every time you think that you're because not so losing is a, it's a learning anyway. It is. Yeah. And it's not, you know, lose, I think such a horrible word to use for that. But you know, if I was a lower belt rank and I was up there sparring with a black belt, I mean, he's faster than me. He's been doing this for 15 years. He's kicking me in the head. You know, I'm trying to block. I can barely block, but I, I'm learning, you know, I can't do all the things he can do, but guess what? I learned how to block a kick to my head because that's all he was doing. <laughs> and then he, you know, he gives me a pat on the back and he's not hurting me. The sport we do is Taekwondo and you're not doing it to hurt each other. You do it for points. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of martial arts out there. Um, but you know, come 40, right after I turned for turn 40 this March and in April, I earned my black belt and Awesome. I just never thought I would be there. Um, and the other thing about it that I thought so amazing is, you know, our kids get to see our parents out there in an uncomfortable situation. You know, mm -hmm. we're learning something new. We're making mistakes. They're correcting us because, yeah, they were further along with the us. So you learn a martial art form and each belt rank as you go up, you add to the form. So they were ahead of us so they could correct us and say, no, mommy, you need to kick like this. <laughs> um, and they were out there cheering us on when we're sparring. And um, it, it's it's encouraged other parents to join. You know, they saw we they, we have adult we have an adult group, but other parents saw us do it and they joined. So um, it's it's a great thing for our whole family. It's brought our whole family closer together and we get to travel together. We get to do tournaments all over the world. We've been to, Houston, well, not all over the world, sorry, all over the Southeast. We've been to Houston. We've been to Baton Rouge. We were in Orlando this summer. We'll be in San Antonio this coming summer. Um, and one of the amazing things, like you meet these people from all over the Southeast that you become friends with that are all at the same belt ranks. And we spar together and do forms together and compete together. So every tournament we get to, to reunite with one another and give each other high fives. And it's all a friendly competition. And there was this woman that I met. I'm going to tell you this one quick story. There's a woman that I met this past year and 
I ended up being in the master's invitational ring, which is you have to earn a gold medal at some point in the previous two tournaments to be in the master's invitational ring and the master's invitational ring are only people that have gotten gold medals. So it's very competitive and the world tournaments, very competitive. And I just wanted to go up there and do my form without forgetting <laughs> it. Cause I had just learned my black belt form. I'm like, just please don't let me mess this up. <laughs> I just want to do that. And I ended up getting a silver medal in forms and I ended up getting a bronze in sparring. But the woman I went up against in my sparring round, she was 52 and she was a grandma. I saw her over there and I thought they were her kids. I mean, she looked very young. I was like, oh, your kids are watching. And she's like, no, those are my grandkids. I was like, that's amazing. <laughs> and she kicked my butt. So she beat me. And she was telling me the story how she um, is now taking care of her grandkids because her son had a brain tumor. Oh, and no. she brought them into her home and her son until he he's fine, thankfully. But, you know, at the end of that, uh, at the end of that, tournament or the end of our round, I went up to her and gave her a big hug and just told her I was praying for her and her family. And I'm like, I didn't get a gold medal in that ring for that, but that was my gold medal is, yeah. you know, being able to create relationships with amazing women there. I'm like, I was worried about starting to do my black belt when I was 38 <laughs> and she's over there 52 and we're the same belt rank. So <laughs> that's awesome. Cause she was probably 49 when she started. Yeah. So, I love that so much. Yeah. Yeah. It Me was amazing. Too. It was amazing. And I just, I just love, you know, she seemed so happy and encouraged, you know, by me just doing that simple little gesture to her, but mm -hmm. I was just in awe of what she's doing. Mm -hmm. So, so I think, you know, our show is all about, um, spiritual, emotional, and physical health. And to me, everything you're describing about your journey in martial arts hits on all of those things. It's mm -hmm. all of those things. It's, you know, it's your emotional health connection to other people. It's relationships. It's that interpersonal relationships that you mentioned, mm -hmm. um, in your bio, you know, being so important to you and the spiritual aspect of that. And also the physical aspect and your stronger now than you were before. I love um, the example that you guys are setting for your kids, but I, I want to talk about one thing I saw on um, on social media. You shared about your daughter's journey to break her boards. Can uh, you share that? Can you share? Would you mind oh, telling yes, that story? Absolutely. Okay. So my daughter, she is, well, she's seven turning she's eight. She's little. And she's a petite little flower. <laughs> she is a petite little flower, which is fine. She's got two older brothers and she will kick them any chance she can get, but she <laughs> She is petite and she is not, she, she's not exceptionally strong, but part of doing martial arts is, um, for your testing, you have to break four or you have four boards and you have to break two out of four. And depending on your age and your belt rank depends on how hard the boards are. They change color as you go up. So you have to break your boards, you have to do your form and you have to spar and, do you get to choose how you break your board? There's four breaks and there's two downward breaks, both there's two hand breaks, like a, a palm heel and elbow. And then you have to do a jump front kick and a side kick. Okay. So it's standard, um, across the colored belt ranks, the black belts have a different board break anyways. So she, um, there's one testing. She didn't break her boards. So, you know, we were upset, but we knew she was struggling with it. Well, you can test only every two months. So the next test came up, you know, we did practice on the side and she didn't break her boards. So she doesn't change her belt. Um, second try. Second try. Yes. Second, you know, two months later. So the next testing comes up and this is her third time and she didn't break her boards. 
she did everything else fine. And, you know, the first time she cried, the second time she cried, the third time she, I think she was just frustrated mm. and she did extra practice, extra this, but you know, a lot of parents could have been like, oh, I'm going to take her out of this. You know, it's not for her. And Lila did not want to be taken out of it. I mean, I never thought about taking her out of it, but mm. a lot of parents are like, are you going to let her like keep doing this? I was like, yes, absolutely. She's going to learn a, a valuable <laughs> life lesson with yeah. this. So anyways, the last, last testing, if she did not pass, it would have been her fourth time, which would have been six months of being at the same belt rank. All of her other friends had already gone past her, already like a whole color belt ahead of her, which is a lot. It's half of a year, half of a year for a seven-year-old. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So anyways, um, we were in there and she did all of their other stuff. And then she got to the boards and I was like a nervous wreck. I wanted to throw mm. up. I was pacing. I was <laughs> just like... I told her at the beginning, I'm like, I love you no matter what happens. Just go out there and do your best. And she went out there and she didn't break her first board. And I was just like crushed. I'm like, oh my gosh, I know she can do this. And then she broke her second board. And then she broke, and she only had to break one more board. And then she broke her third board. And everybody in that entire (laughs) place screamed and somebody brought signs for her and they were uh. like Lila you rule girls rule you rock you're gonna do this and I just started bawling I'm FaceTiming my husband because he's out of town and the instructors on the other side were had students but they were watching her and they were like I'm so glad she broke it after they were done with their forms because if they would have if everybody would have screamed in the middle of her doing their forms they would have messed everybody else up <laughs> but she was just sitting over there and she went to the side and she sat down and she put her hands in her face and she just started crying like because she was so happy that she actually did it and it's persistence like she persisted don't make me cry, <laughs> cry because but like oh, it gosh. would be so easy for her yeah. to say I, I just can't do this mm-hmm. yeah and it's just not meant for me to do this mm-hmm. but for a seven-year-old to oh to say <laughs> you know what I'm just gonna try it again mm-hmm. yeah I'm just going to try it again. Yeah. Yep. What a lesson. What a lesson for all the, for for her. Everyone. Goodness me. For, I remember reading that and crying. I cried the first time I'm crying now. And they're crying. (laughs) They were all, they're like, they all came up to me like, she broke her board. And they had tears. And they were all just like, I'm so happy for her. It was so, it was amazing. Uh, I had goosebumps uh, like watching it happened. It was just, I was so, I I was so proud of her. I'm so proud of her. I don't even know her. I'm so (laughs) proud of her, but it's easy, you know, and it's, it's a life lesson. I mean, sometimes, you know, as parents, you want to not make things so hard for your kids. You want to not have them struggle. You want to just, you know, it it kills you when you don't see them succeeding and that she was trying. It wasn't that she wasn't trying. And the lesson learned is like life can be a struggle and life can be hard and you're not guaranteed or granted anything and things are not going to be handed to you on a platter and the next tournament she broke four boards and got a gold medal um it got a gold medal yay so it you know she couldn't have had anything else and she got the gold medal and it was the most amazing thing ever so and sometimes it's kind of a mental breakthrough you know what I mean just to say you know what I actually can do this yes. and it may not be something that she ever struggles with again because of that. And when yeah. she walked off the mat, um, like I said, I mean, like two of the, the main instructors are our best friends and she walked up to them and she's like, I just broke my boards. I can do anything. Yes. And I was like, yes, that's true. Yes, that's ma'am. So you true. can. Yes, <laughs> yes ma'am. You can. <laughs> yep. I so. love that. I love that. And I think that that is, that is a lesson that no matter how old we are, we need to, 
we need to know we can do hard things. Mm-hmm. I think, D, you're the one who posted something. I can do hard things. I can things. do hard things. I I'm do. not a runner. I've never been able to run. I've been, I mean, I remember being in like first and second grade in gym and you know how you have to run around oh, the yeah. track and I'd run like a quarter of it and start walking. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the coach would be like, Chantel, because they call me by my mm-hmm. middle name, Chantel, you need to run. And I'm, so I can't. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. um, and that's part of the reason why I signed up to do the Tough Mudder. It's part of the reason why I started doing heart rate zone training running because mm-hmm. I don't want it to be something that I can't do. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Maybe that's why I'm crying. <laughs> okay, she broke her boards. I can run. Just think of Lila. Whenever you're doing the Tough Mudder, be like, go. that little seven year old. If she can do it, I can do it too. Yes, I'm going to draw right. on her spirit, you know? Yeah. But you know, I think that the the I think the powerful lesson for me in that is that she didn't she did it, but she didn't do it the first time. Yeah. She failed. She Multiple failed. Times. Yeah, she failed three, three times. times before she got it. She you failed know? for six months essentially right. before she got it. Yeah, and I don't think like she failed is a bad thing to say. She no. learned something every oh, time yeah. she learned something, but she she failed to achieve the goal that she had mm-hmm. each time. And then she succeeded. And, she didn't give up. Yeah. And yeah. the thing that I, I loved about that too, is that day that she broke her boards and uh, everybody was cheering. There was somebody else that did not break their boards. And she was the first person to walk over to that little girl that was bawling on the side and put her arm around her and yeah. say, you got this, you got it next time. And yeah. you know, that's part of like the little like woman tribe, like at a young age, telling them to be the person that, you know, fixes the, another woman's crown without her even realizing it. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. She, she deserved to feel like the other little girl deserved, like she could feel like she could do it just the way Lila did it. And she was being an example to her. So that's all I can ask for my kids. Yeah. Oh, such good, such good lessons. So I love the, the family aspect of what you're doing. I love the individual strength, emotional, physical, spiritual that you're, that you're doing and that you're learning. It's such an inspiration to me. We don't do anything like that as a family, like physical. There's not very many sports that you can do as a family, but. Yeah. Maybe we can all become Boy Scouts. Yeah. You can. (laughs) All three of us. (laughs) Absolutely. We'll all go after Eagle together. Yes. (laughs) Now that they let girls in. They can. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well, I love that. And you shared another dream that you have um, that is all about encouragement. So I can see in you like this this gift of uh, as an encourager that I think is your gift. I really think that that, you know, I believe that we all have certain gifts Mm -hmm. um, that God sort of weaves into our personality and your I believe just from what I see is your one of your gifts is as an encourager. Yes. Yeah. And you want to do something more with that. What's the, I know you and I did the same thing on Instagram. It was like a Ingram. The type? Enneagram. 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 So I What's did your the Enneagram, Enneagram number. It's helper. Yeah. Number two. That's yes. two. Uh huh. So helper. Um, and then peacemaker, I think is my second okay. highest one. Okay. But anyways, one of my biggest, you know, heart, what I just like gets me in all the feels is, is being encouraging to younger girls and women in general. And kind of what we were saying before about, I want younger girls to see positive influences and be encouraged to know that their worth without having to look at Instagram and say, I don't have 5,000 likes, so I'm not worthy. Um, there's a book that I want to do and it's more like a photojournalistic book and it's dealing with um, girls, it can be athletic or non-athletic, but that have come and met adversity in their life 
And I want, like, for instance, I have a friend whose daughter um, is going to need a liver transplant. Mm. Um, she's a cheerleader, but she's met this adversity and, you know, she never knew she was going to deal with this problem. Um, the, the surgery is going to leave her with a major scar down her sternum, down both sides of her body. And I, I think as a young girl, that may be very hard to deal with the physical aspect of it. Um, but the book I want to do, it's kind of just a basic idea right now, but whereas you photojournalistically, you're following these girls that are going through life changing situations or have, have met adversity in their lives. And I want to do photos of them with that, but I want them to be telling their story and how, you know, the struggles they've had, how they've overcome it and how they would encourage somebody else just like them. Mm -hmm. And the story would be like me, like mm -hmm. there's no, you know, I feel like I'm alone. A lot of those mm -hmm. girls that are doing those things think like they're alone and they're not. Mm -hmm. And their story, just their story and just their words could help some other girl out mm -hmm. that there is dealing with a similar problem. Mm -hmm. Um, so my big, my big, like if you could put a biggest dream, biggest dream, I would love to be able to do that. And I'd love to be able to have some conference where I could teach. And I actually even thought of you about it, where I had other strong female role models to teach in front of these girls that are teaching them either proper nutrition or um, like maybe a psychologist friend dealing with um, how to think of positive self-care. Because I think as adults, we take time with our mental health and daily. I mean, I do stuff of gratitude daily and I don't think that we're teaching younger kids that. So if they woke up with these positive things in their mind, these positive things out in front of them, if we taught them how to do that now, mm -hmm. they could take that and carry that with them. I mean, if I had that when I was in college and I was at my worst thinking that I wasn't, you know, good enough for all, all things. Um, if I, if I could have learned to have spoken to myself and told myself positive reinforcement that maybe I would have had a, a change sooner in my life to, to do that. And I just don't think Rachel Hollis is a big person. That's, um, an inspiration to me and she does women's self-help. I love all of her books. I love her podcasts. And my goal would just to be able to do something like that for young girls, like a yeah. conference where they can learn how to, and have these tools and know that they're not out there by themselves with these struggles that they're all, there's many people around them that are dealing with similar things. So, and be encouraging to other girls and not, you know, having to tear somebody down to build yourself up. I mean, yeah. it's a tool. And I think social media again is great for a lot of things, but I, I do think that that's a negative, um, for the younger girls. So that would be my goal. And it, it's like I said, it's a beginning stage, <laughs> but it's your BHAG. It is. Yeah. It's your what? BHAG. Big, hairy, audacious goal. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love that. Yeah. I think that's a great goal. And sign me up. I think that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> sign me up. I would definitely do that. Yeah. And you have to have Lila in the book. Oh, yeah. And do her story. Yeah. Because that story, I think, is so powerful. I'm, you know, 45 and I'm inspired by seven-year-old Lila. Mm -hmm. So I think that that, I think that the stories don't have to be of older girls. No. I think they can absolutely be young girls oh, like yeah. her because her strength is she's like a tree planted by the stream. You know, she's this, she's already getting roots and she's learning it from you. So mm -hmm. good job, mama. Yay. Good job. Mama. I did something right. <laughs> I'm sure well, you've done many things. Exactly. Right. And your kids are lucky to have you. And I'm lucky to call you a girlfriend. Oh, thank so you. thank you for being with us today, yes, Paige. Absolutely. I've loved this conversation. I feel inspired and encouraged. I need to clean my tear ducts out a little bit now. <laughs> 
<laughs> I Good think I had waterproof mascara. Today. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Well, thank you so much to our audience too, for um, being with us. Paige, if people want to connect with you, how can they do that? Um, I am one love photography on Instagram and one love photography on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you can find her if you look at my friends cause yes. she's my friend. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, awesome. Well, thanks again for being with us. Thank you so much, uh, girlfriends for being part of the show today. Thanks for listening. If you loved this conversation, be sure to share it with a friend, make sure that you subscribe and rate the show so other people can find us and connect with us on Facebook. And of course, as always, if you have questions, or suggestions or ideas for the show, don't hesitate to reach out to us on email. Um, you can connect with me directly as dietitiansherry at gmail.com or you can connect with the show at southernfriedgirlfriends at gmail.com. And we just love you guys and look forward to seeing you on the next show. But before that, we have one question that we end every show with, and that is what are you going to do to be healthier today? Paige, you want to go first? I'm going to try to get 10,000 steps. Again today, even though I'm sore from yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) Proud of you. That's a good one. That's always my goal. 10,000 steps. What about you, Dee? I am going to go and stretch. Like I am so stiff in my lower back. I I am running, but I'm still keeping up with my three rides a week on the Peloton. Oh, it really does make my lower back kind of stiff if I don't stretch after, which I was not diligent about doing this Mm. week. So I'm going to do some restorative yoga. Good for you. Good for you. Exciting. Yeah. I'm going to do some physical activity too. So, um, I think we're going to, I mean, we, we love to walk, um, up to our square. So we're like a mile and a mile and a half, probably total all the walking through the neighborhoods, um, as a family. So that is the one thing we do as a family is we do this consistent walking. So I think that's one thing that we'll do. And then, um, and then I think I'm going to do some stretching too. So I have a new, CD. Does anybody even, or DVD, does anybody even buy DVDs anymore? I bought this DVD because I needed to be able to access it whenever I wanted to easily. And um, so I bought a new DVD for stretching and I'm going to use that. Yep. And um, if it's good, I'll let you know. And uh, yeah, so that's what I'm going to do to take care of myself today. And whatever you are doing today, girlfriends, we hope you're taking good care of yourself with some good self-care. And uh, we'll look forward to connecting with you on the next Southern Fried Girlfriends podcast. Bye. Bye.